This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. This is Agents of Shield Cast, your source for the best analysis of the ABC television series Agents of Shield. With your host, Agent Andrew Johnson. If they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton. That'd be weird. Agent Bibbs Bibiani. I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvenier. Come on. Agent Gwen Reyes. Anybody that's not a huge Joss Whedon fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. And Agent Rod Morrow. I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. They are the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement, and Logistics Division, Critical Analysis Strike Team, a.k.a. The Shield Cast. Welcome to Episode Zero of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast on Film Geek Radio. This is a podcast devoted exclusively to episode-by-episode analysis of the ABC television series Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson, the founder of Film Geek Radio and managing editor of Movie Mezzanine. I am joined by a team of highly trained critics and enthusiasts. First up, he is the film editor at Crave Online and a co-host of the B-Movies podcast. He is the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast computer expert a hacker with a heart of gold who has a not-so-secret crush on Black Widow. Most people know him as Agent William Bibiani, but we know him by his codename, Bibbs. That's the best introduction I've ever had. I thank you for that. That's, that's very <laughs> kind of you. I welcome myself to the show, uh, and I look forward to uh, fulfilling all of those roles for all of you. Next up, she is a writer for RealVixen.com, and she's a prominent member of the Television Critics Association. She is a master of stealth and espionage, a perfect synthesis of beauty and brains, who in true Joss Whedon fashion frequently outshines her male colleagues. Agent Gwen Reyes, welcome to the show. I'm so prepared to outshine everyone here. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, he is the founder of the Black Guy Who Tips comedy podcast network and a longtime comics enthusiast and just all-around geek he is our team's demolitions expert, and if he was a character on the show, he'd probably be the comic relief and fan favorite who's tragically killed off late in the season. Agent Rod Morrow, welcome to the show. I'm just hoping for the loss of like a head or an eye or something that'll make me uh, funnier, not, not death. All right, well, together we are the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, a.k.a. The S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. So let's talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents Assemble! Oh, wow. I felt so geeky saying that. (laughs) That make you feel good? That make you feel like a big man? I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. (laughs) (laughs) Or the dreaded Rear Admiral. All right. Well, well, this is just a quick introductory episode to the podcast so we can let you all know what we're doing on the show, what we're going to be talking about, what we're hoping to get out of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. By the time the pilot premieres, this episode should be out. The iTunes feed should be up and running, so you'll be able to find all episodes of the podcast through iTunes or at FilmGeekRadio.com. One important thing to note is that we will be trying to do the show live, so if you would like to get a little behind-the-scenes look at our recording and maybe uh, tune in before the episode is released on iTunes and get a feel for what we're going to be talking about, you will be able to watch us record live and interact with us through the chat room. Rod, you're setting that up, so do you want to take a few minutes just to let our listeners know how they'll be able to do that? The easiest way would be to go to Spreecast.com, search Agents of Shieldcast, make sure you include all of those periods between the the, uh, acronym. Yeah, those periods are important. 
just follow that channel and you will be able to get email updates every time we schedule a show or we go live and that's the easiest way to keep up with the live podcast yes and we will be sure to post the link to that at filmgeekradio.com and in the show notes that you can access through iTunes and we'll also be doing our best to plug it all on our social media outlets so if you follow us on Twitter and you stay up to date with the website then you should be able to figure out where and when we will be recording it live each week so stay tuned for that I think that's going to be a lot of fun yep all right, let's talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, one of us has already seen the pilot. That would be Agent Gwen Reyes, who, as mentioned, is already outshining her male colleagues. I know, guys. It's my one awesome thing. I get to watch things before other people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gwen, I- I'm going to start with you. Without revealing anything about the pilot, right. what are you hoping to get from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? You know, what- What's your experience with the comics and and Joss Whedon. Are you looking forward to this? Um, I, I am. Obviously, I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan because I think anybody that's not a huge Joss Whedon fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. <laughs> but I, I'm really excited. I, my, my knowledge really only is from the TV or from the movies. Unfortunately, I was a bigger Batman fan, so I'm over there with the DC comics. But I loved Avengers, and I actually named my dog after Loki, so I'm a huge huge nerd Tom Hiddleston fan now, but the new show um, I'm just really excited about getting to see Clark Gregg every week. All right. Well, Bibbs, what are you looking forward to in regards to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? What, what's your experience with the world of Marvel superheroes? Well, uh, the first comic I ever read was uh, actually the very, almost the first thing I ever read was uh, Solo Avengers Hawkeye. So I kind of learned to read on Marvel Comics. Uh, they're very near and dear to me. Uh, I've fallen out of comics in the last few years because I'm kind of protesting all the uh, major events that they're doing. But I look forward to coming back at some point. Uh, regardless, I have a, a long, rich history with the comics dating back as far as they go and up until about 2009 and uh, I'm an enormous Joss Whedon fan I discovered Buffy the Vampire Slayer while it was still on the air and while I was still in high school so it really spoke to me man yeah that was that was that was me up there with with just <laughs> fabulous breasts and uh but uh, other than that it was exactly like me and uh but no I think he's done a remarkable job over the course of his career of taking genre and specifically geek properties and making them feel uh, really human really really pumping them full of interesting characters and I'm a huge fan of what Marvel has been doing pretty much across the board uh Iron Man 2 is a low point but I'm one of the guys who even says Incredible Hulk is awesome, or rather incredible, I suppose. And so I'm really looking forward to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I, I'm hoping it'll just be a good standalone series that, with a little luck, will allow them to incorporate lesser characters who will probably never warrant their own movie, but uh, might be worth exploring uh, in the television medium at some point. That would be my dream for the show. That's my hope for the show. Other than that, I just hope it's witty and fun, and uh, it doesn't make me regret uh, agreeing to be on this podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, Rod, what about you? I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff. I watched all of Buffy and Angel in order last summer, so that was like uh, my big thing. So I'm 100% on board with Joss Whedon. 
um, after uh, Avengers, I was like, I need more of this in my life. And there was more of this. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Just seeing him back in action, seeing what he can do with characters like Maria Hill and stuff like that. I think that'll be cool. And just as a comic book fan, I was pretty much born and raised on comic books. So, you know, just the idea of a S.H.I.E.L.D. show already fills me with like so much potential like they could do this thing they could tie to the movies that way and um, whatnot so i'm just excited and then i want to see um life model decoys in action i want to see what that looks like it's gonna look like people well, I want. I think Josh, Josh Whedon getting a hold of it, or just the concept of it, will be even better. Because I remember the season with the Buffy bot and how crazy and zany <laughs> that story got. Like, I I could just see like a lot of comedy coming out of this series too. Um, hopefully, because I, I think uh, Phil Coulson is a, a a very good straight man with some some witty, sarcastic humor. Um, and it'll leave a lot of uh a lot of room for that. I would also like to see if they're going to work in any cameos with some of the stars of the actual franchise. So maybe we get to see a, a Nick Fury, you know, Sam Jackson on an episode of, uh, of the show or something like that at a point. And I would like to see if any of the characters from the show graduate to the movie, kind of like they become important enough to where it's like, hey, maybe it's only a five minute role on screen. But now there's a lot more background and subtext to people who actually like took the time out to watch the series. So I, I would like to see stuff like that. I agree with you, Rod. That to me is is what's going to be really interesting about the show because I, I'm I'm not a big comics guy. I had never even heard of the Avengers really or, or knew much about them before the movie was announced. Blasphema! I know, I know. I was like, oh wait, Marvel has a Justice League. <laughs> oh, you son of a! <laughs> No, but, 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 but then I, I saw the movies, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. I like it. Okay. To me, it was just really impressive to see what Marvel did with that film franchise, because it's pretty unprecedented, having all of these little solo adventures and then bringing them all together for the Avengers. And I agree, Rod, it's going to be interesting to see how the show plays off the movies and vice versa, and whether or not they influence each other. I know I just lost a lot of my geek cred i'm about to lose even more oh god i have not seen angel and i've only seen a few seasons of buffy i apologize but which seasons that's the important Ooh. thing like the first two seasons that's uh. it you quit after the second season what is how i haven't had time i'm sorry i'm sorry that's the I, best season you make time season five is bananas <laughs> okay wait a minute how are you how are you on firefly how are you on dollhouse how are you on dr horrible I love Firefly. Okay. I like Dollhouse. Okay. It doesn't quite reach Firefly level, but I do like it more than most people. And uh, I love Dr. Horrible. I cannot get enough Dr. Horrible. So, All right, you can stay. In terms of latter-day Joss Whedon, I'm fully up to speed, and I love it. You're a late-game fan. That's okay. Yes, I'm, I'm a late-game fan. Okay. I, I was late to the, to the party with Buffy. I was too young when that show was airing. You're never too young for Buffy. So I was like in middle school when that show came out and I watched Am I the oldest one on the show? Oh, fuck <laughs> me. Oh, no. Oh, God. I'm 31. <laughs> You're not the oldest one. I am. Rod is 94. Oh, wow. You look fabulous. My birthday is Tuesday and I'll be 35, I believe. Ah, happy birthday, sir. My birthday gift will be the Shield show. So let's do this. They just decided to air it on your birthday just for you. That's pretty great. That was nice. Mm -hmm. That was uh, the first thing I saw, and I was very excited because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nerd. <laughs> well, if, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you still haven't figured it out, 
The Shield cast is not a podcast about the old FX series The Shield and Vic Mackey and Michael Chiklis. No, it is about Shield, the comics organization, and Marvel's Agents of Shield, the upcoming ABC series. And I want to get your thoughts on what you think the main draw of the show is going to be. Personally, I am really intrigued by the fact that they're bringing back uh, Agent Phil Coulson, played by Clark Gregg, who was killed off in the Avengers, and I'm hoping that they'll play a lot with that and use that for some interesting character development, like, who is this guy? How is he back alive? How does he feel about the fact that he was dead and and brought back to life? I mean, I haven't seen all of Buffy, but I do know that that did play a major role in her character in later seasons. So this is territory that Whedon has explored before. And even though Joss Whedon isn't super heavily involved in the show, I think it would be great if the show really starts to explore that aspect of his character. But uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Well, I think the appeal uh, for a lot of uh, mainstream demographics is just more Avengers stuff every week. And what's interesting to me is that Marvel has done a remarkably good job of diversifying its output. Even though it's all centered around superheroes, every film takes a different tactic on how to tackle that situation, so we're not really getting exhausted with it yet. Because an Iron Man movie is very different from a Thor movie, is very different from a Captain America movie, and uh, based on like the shorts that they've done about S.H.I.E.L.D., on the various DVDs and everything, there's a lot of good potential for this to be a very funny series about how the normal people respond to being in a world that now is infested with superheroes. Uh, so I think that's a lot of the appeal. I assume everyone's going to be just waiting for their first Avengers cameo, which I'm hoping they don't wait too long for because then people might get frustrated and leave Twin Peaks style. Like, I don't know who killed Laura Palmer yet. I quit. Honestly, one of the main reasons why I'm going all out supporting this show is because I want to see more Marvel television output because there are a lot of really great characters uh, who are better suited for a television series than they are for a movie. And if this does well, maybe we'll get some of them. For example, Marvel now has the rights to Daredevil again. That show writes itself. He's a lawyer slash superhero. I mean, come on. <laughs> Make that show, for God's sake. That, seriously, it writes itself. Law and Order Daredevil. Devil edition. Pretty much, right? How has that not come up before? So that's a large part of the appeal for me. I want to see a different take on the universe from like the, the man on the streets perspective, and I'm hoping it does well enough that we'll see more shows. Well, what I think is really interesting about it is like from what I've seen of it, it it's taking this procedural route. Instead of it being serialized like we've been seeing with a lot of cable shows, it's really kind of embracing its seri- it's embracing its episodic nature of the comic books and bringing that into this story of kind of each week having like a bad that they have to kind of solve and bringing the group together as like multiple team building exercises as they investigate superheroes that have gone bad or because now we are living in a post Avengers world where now everyone knows because half of New York City was completely destroyed and they acknowledge that really early on which is really really nice and it's it's kind of fun to see that episodic just adventures with these characters. But then at the same time, you're going to see a lot of the sausage being made within S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's really interesting if you're kind of one, if you're really involved with the S.H.I.E.L.D. world. It's, it's really interesting to see how they, as an organization, kind of go and find these different reluctant superheroes. 
That's an interesting point, Gwen, and, and I just want to jump in real quick, say that, you know, I've, I've been trying to think a lot lately about that issue of serialization versus a more episodic structure. And I only recently really started looking at TV critically and started reviewing television when you've been doing it this uh, a lot longer than I have. But, but you'll probably agree that while serialized shows are all the rage now, and we're seeing a lot of really great quality serial shows, the episodic structure does have its advantages. Whether S.H.I.E.L.D. takes the approach of the superhero of the week or whatever, sometimes, even though it might occasionally feel repetitive, Uh it can free up the people behind the show to really take some risks and try to experiment in some interesting ways, whether just it's in terms of how to structure an episode or what to focus on in an episode. I mean, we've seen that a lot in other Joss Whedon shows. So I I, I think it will be interesting to see how the show navigates that issue of approaching things episodically week by week versus telling a larger overall arc. Right. And and it's really interesting to me because I, I agree. Like, there's a lot of people who are like, I would never watch an episodic show. Like, oh, serialized shows with all the rage. The only thing I have time for is something that is reaching for something bigger. And it's like, well, I'm watching with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's, it does have something bigger. It, there is a huge mystery around why Coulson's even back. There's a huge mystery about that. But at the same time, it's like it really feels like this nice little packaged way of building this team up to maybe potentially lead to something bigger. It reminds me a lot of like Rob Thomas's Veronica Mars, where you had like the mystery of the week. And then you also were leading to this big goal of finding an overarching mystery. I'd like to chime in as someone who actually doesn't enjoy episodic television and say that what you guys are describing is not episodic television as I understand it. Because my, my, the re- it's the reason why I don't watch Law and Order shows. The characters don't really evolve over time, even if the story is done by the end of the episode, like the main A plot of the week. In a show like Veronica Mars, in a show like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the characters continue and there may be subplots that carry on over episodes. So the episodic nature just helps make the show feel bigger. The storylines that carry through, yeah, they they make me want to watch next week as opposed to, oh, that was a good episode. It doesn't matter if I watch next week now, does it? Well, I, I think the trick is trying to find the best of both worlds. Exactly. Because, I mean, if you look at a show like The X-Files, for example, there were some overarching plot lines that extended over multiple seasons, but it was also very episodic Monster of the Week type stuff a, a lot of the time. So you can yeah. have both. And I mean, even if you look at a show like Breaking Bad, which is a highly serialized show, you get episodes like Fly, which is just sort of its own little standalone thing. And that episodic structure, I think, can allow creators and showrunners the ability to experiment and try interesting things like that. So I'm hoping we'll see some of that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I feel like The X-Files was kind of a cautionary tale in regards to that, because all of the like storylines that continued over time were relegated to their own episodes, and it was only a couple of episodes a season, and then everything else was completely standalone, and you knew that nothing really important could happen in any of them. 
Whereas a show, again, like the ones Joss Whedon did in particular, or Rob Thomas, those managed to to do both. Like, you could have what seems like a monster or mystery of the week episode, but it will also have, like, a mind-blowing new revelation that will affect the entire series. So you had to watch each week. But that's like an evolution of television, though. It's like, realize you can't really have just, like, a strictly serialized show that you're not airing back-to-back-to-back. Just as well exactly. as you are going to lose people if you just do a strictly episodic show. Because exactly. I think like even shows like The Law and Order SVU has become kind of a hybrid of episodic because you're really starting to delve deeper into the other. I'm a huge Law and Order fan. But it's, okay. you know, you're delving deeper into those other characters because they realize that the audience is like, I don't want to just come in and see the guest of the week who obviously is the rapist and he's into some weird stuff. But there's also development of the other characters around that. And they're realizing that's what audience members want now. I think it's fair to assume that the guests of the week on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will not be rapists. You haven't been reading many comics lately, have you? (laughs) Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that's fair to assume at all. All right, well, 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 Rod, we never really got to you. What are you looking forward to in in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? What are you really hoping that they explore just in terms of the content or, or structurally? What are you hoping that it'll do? I'd like to see um, allegories for current events. Like, I know right now we have a lot of news around the idea of, like, surveillance and what that means in America. And S.H.I.E.L.D. does a lot of surveillance and espionage and stuff like that. Uh, I would also like to see if they're going to use them as an enforcement agency like they're using the comic books often where it's like, hey, we're doing superhero registration. And S.H.I.E.L.D. are the people that, you know, are going to be at the helm of this thing. I want to see how much of that uh, is used. I want to see if they have episodes where they kind of assist heroes, where which is a, another major theme in the comics, where obviously this Marvel Universe probably doesn't have mutants because Fox has the rights to all those, but they do a lot of stuff where it's like they'll help Tony Stark get the extremist formula that helps him you know, evolve his suit, or they'll help Wolverine track down someone or something like that. Well, I wonder how much of that could possibly make it into the TV show where it's like maybe only a guy like Robert Downey Jr. or Sam Jackson is only in there for two minutes, but it's, oh, there's 58 minutes of them setting this up and boom, it it matters. You know, it's going to be a a, a kind of a little nod to something in a film. I'd like to see that. I want to see if they introduce other characters like Dum Dum Dugan, if maybe they can, uh, since they have the rights back to Daredevil, if maybe they can uh, introduce Elektra. Elektra works with S.H.I.E.L.D. a lot. Things like that, if there's just any type of uh, separation of the franchises where they say, hey, you know, we're going to have stars of the show. Like maybe we'll have an Elektra in this show that isn't really in any of the movies, but can become a strong character of her own because she's able to be on TV more often than, you know, she would be in any movie because no one really cares about her in a movie. That's the kind of stuff that I'm looking forward to. Also, Hydra, like, will Hydra be around or in this? I know um, Lady Venom was in um, the last Terrible Wolverine movie. So I wonder if, you know, they can do anything with uh, the idea of Hydra, if that's something that Fox has the rights to. Stuff like that is what I'm looking forward to. I, I, I'm so glad that we have you on the show, Rod. I'm glad you and, and Bibbs are here because you lost me when you said Dugan. I'm like, who's this Dugan guy he's talking about? Dum Dum Dugan. He was actually in Captain America, the first oh. Avenger. He was the guy with the bowler hat. Yeah, okay. And in the comics, he's still walking around uh, in the present day. But in the new movie universe, I'm not sure they're going to be able to pull off him in the present day. I, I, to be perfectly honest. But I would love to see Hydra still around, though. I'd love to see... Uh, 
uh, some of the other fictional organizations that they have in Marvel, yeah. like Ultimatum, uh, which is an acronym. And it's the dumbest acronym ever. It's Underground Liberated Totally Integrated Mobile Army to Unite Mankind. <laughs> and you just know some intern was forced to come up with that. It'd be awesome if they could work in like AIM and like some of the like, you know, more more camp shit that isn't in the movies, but could be cool in a TV show if they did it right. Um, because S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going to need people to fight and organizations and you know, I think it would be cool to to be able to see some of these characters yeah. kind of, you know, translated and come to life on the screen. Well, Shield is a is a great place to uh, talk about like global conflicts as well, and you could actually do things with like I'm, I I highly doubt they're really working very hard on like a Submariner movie, but uh, you could deal with like political tensions with Atlantis in a television series. Yeah, yeah, that would actually be a good little parallel for uh, for Syria. Why not? Yeah, Latveria, you know, with Dr. Doom and stuff. They don't own Latveria. That's, uh, oh, you're right. That's Fox. Yeah. Uh, son of a bitch, Fox. I know. God. You, you guys are speaking a foreign language right now. I love it. We're speaking Latverian is what we're speaking. <laughs> See, I'm hoping over the course of this podcast, you guys will be able to educate me and maybe our listeners that aren't quite as up to date on the comics about all the possibilities and the potential and in different directions that this could go in and educate us on the Marvel Universe. One thing I want to remind everyone uh, who may be listening, because I'm sure everyone here is, is aware of it, is that uh, unlike DC Comics, which are owned pretty much exclusively by Warner Brothers, Marvel didn't have a, like a motion picture deal in place for their entire universe uh, early on, and they sold the rights to a lot of their characters at different companies. So, uh, as much as we would like to see Spider-Man show up, or the Fantastic Four show up, or the X-Men show up, those guys are owned by different companies. Uh, and so, there's certain great characters, that, and, and ideas, even, uh, like mutants, like certain countries, and, and various organizations that they just can't use. Who would you like to be for the Avengers that we've seen of the Marvel Disney pictures? Which of those Avengers would you like to be like the first one that pops up? I want to see Tony Stark because S.H.I.E.L.D. is already a super technologically advanced, you know, organization. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. is so good as Tony Stark that if they could even get him for five minutes just making jokes and being sarcastic to everyone. Like he doesn't even need to be in the suit, just him being a billionaire genius and kind of roasting his way through shield and making jokes about Colson and stuff would be absolutely awesome. I don't know if we'll get that because he's such a big star, but that would be uh, fantastic. I I'm pretty sure it would take the entire budget of the first season to get Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> you know what? He's he's a cool guy. I'm sure he'd be down for doing a cameo if he had time. He, he'd cut him some slack. But uh, for me, honestly, you know, I'd love everyone to show up. Wouldn't that be cool? The Avengers just showed up. They're in the mess hall just eating shawarma and they just sort of walk by. Hey, guys! <laughs> and then that, that's it. That's the whole cameo for that year. That would be so crazy. That would be great, but Honestly, what I'm hoping is that they can take some of the smaller characters and make the movies feel more integrated. For example, I mentioned before, I'm a fan of the Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, I think it's an underrated film. And there are certain storylines that never really got like wrapped up in there. Like uh, Tim Blake Nelson uh, played Dr. Samuel Stearns, and we see in that film uh, that he was getting ready to become the supervillain, the leader. And that was obviously a setup for a sequel, which we probably won't get. This would be a good place to try to get him back and have him become like a villain. And then he can just sort of wrap up those loose ends. That's what the Marvel one shots 
were doing initially was sort of filling in the little loopholes in logic that they came up with in the early movies before they'd really figured out their full plan. So it'd be great to see them. It'd be great to see, uh, you know, General Thunderbolt Ross. It'd be great to see some of the supporting characters from the Iron Man franchise. And I think that will be easier for them to pull off. I think it's easier to get Tim Blake Nelson than it is to get Chris Hemsworth these days. So that's my goal to try to uh, bug them in podcast form. They are, they are listening, obviously. I assume right now. <laughs> you brought up the Incredible Hulk. I mean, if they if they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton. That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really weird. What are you talking about? He's Red Hulk. That would actually make me burn a theater down. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is the best Hulk. Like, there's no denying that. Yeah, he killed it. Uh, there's no need to go back. No, none whatsoever. I like Ed Norton. I like him as a person, too. He was okay, but Mark Ruffalo nailed it. I'd love to drink a beer with Ed Norton. <laughs> yeah. You just don't want him as your Hulk. Yeah, just stay away from the Hulk. That's all. <laughs> Sounds fair. Is there anyone in particular you want to see, Gwen? Um, I don't know. I'd love to see like maybe Jeremy Renner because he has a background in television. So I think it'd be kind of cool to see Hawkeye show up. But I'm also like thinking villains, and the only villain I have eyes for is Loki. And I don't know. That would be awesome. Even if they just mention him as kind of a still a looming threat, would be pretty neat. Well, if they introduce, like, Hydra, they could, like, put, like, Baron Von Strucker in. Yeah! There's so many campy-ass villains that are in the Marvel Universe that don't even have anything to do with the X-Men and stuff that would be so awesome on TV, like uh, Claw or whatever, the two with the um, the, the ability to uh, shoot sound from his, his weird-looking arm apparatus. And make solid constructs out of sound, which doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any physical sense, and there's no law of physics that could ever like explain yeah. that, but still... <laughs> I would love to see that kind of stuff get tackled on the show because yeah. it would probably make everybody's eye roll and groan in a movie. But for a TV show, I'd be like, oh, what? They, he's in here, too, you know? Yeah, man, absolutely. And, 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 I, and I totally second Hawkeye, by the way, because that was my one problem with the Avengers, was that you go to all the trouble of introducing Hawkeye, and you don't really give him anything to do for most of the movie. And putting him on a couple episodes of the TV show, just to sort of highlight him and remind people why the character is cool. Because if I hear one more person bitch about Hawkeye being lame, I'm going to have to choke a person whom I could call an epithet. I hate that. It bugs me. Also, what about introducing characters through the TV show? Do it. Like, they don't really have anyone to play, like, a Black Panther right now. Or I think Ant-Man has been, it may have been casted already. I know it's been announced, but it'd be cool if it, you know, started out by being like, oh, this this guy was in a lab in this episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. It would be cool. I think they're probably going to try to avoid the major films because then they're going to write the filmmakers into a hole and going to force them to cast someone. But if, if someone breaks out, you know, like, they do introduce a smaller character that audiences really respond to yeah well why not give them their own show give them their own movie i'm more thinking like they already cast it behind the scenes and then like throw it in there kind of you know what i mean like that would be cool like this dude is gonna be so-and-so so let's go ahead and put ant-man in the episode of this real quick doesn't have to do a lot but i don't know man i'm just here for the nerd boners of being like ooh, <laughs> that thing you know that's kind of what i'm for so well, that's that's an interesting point because you know they've been doing that from the very beginning in the in the films where they have those post credit teases of what's coming next. It'll be interesting to see, like for example, okay, the season one finale of Agents of Shield. Will they introduce or or hint at something that we will later see materialized in the movies? Yeah, like what I was thinking is in uh, the Avengers movie they have the the Tesseract and it's like set up a little bit in uh, Thor and all this stuff, but. 
imagine that being like a whole season of just like shield trying to get this thing instead of it just being a movie MacGuffin, it becomes a thing with all this history with 22 episodes of oh this is really fucking important as opposed to oh they just made a magic box that can do anything i don't care you know sounds a lot like alias yeah except we want a resolution to that subplot this time because <laughs> that pissed me off that was my favorite part of alias and they never went anywhere with it and that drove me nuts look it was all about the relationship of a father and his daughter as secret agents uh internationally uh using espionage across the globe and that's what i took from it then, then don't introduce a cool subplot justify the heartbreak that is alias in all our own ways yeah yeah and and, and lost was all about the characters sure sure okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, as I mentioned, I'm not a big comics guy, so I, my main experience with the Marvel Universe has been through the films. I want to see a cameo by Whiplash's parrot. I think that'd be cool. Ah, uh, I think it was a cockatiel, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we're correcting you already. Do you guys think that they will, like, kill people, be violent, all this stuff? Because it's going to be kind of late at night, right? Anytime Joss Whedon does a show, people die. Yeah, it's like a 7 o'clock show. Oh, is it 7? I think it's at 8. But that's in 8 o'clock your time, 7 o'clock our time. So that's like the first round of prime time. Oh, right. But people can die in the first round of prime time. You know, Arrow is like in the first round of prime time. People die all the time. I'm excited because I wasn't going to, but I, I started watching it anyway. And now I love it. But uh, the show Arrow and they killed motherfuckers on Arrow. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that at all. And it made the show way better to me. Because of it kind of separated him from like a Batman and all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, it'd be cool to see if, uh, you know, that's that type of dichotomy with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Arrow is an underappreciated show. It, it really gets the balance very right. That's a good point. It will be interesting to see what all they can do because it is on TV. And also because, you know, they don't have the budget of a huge feature film. I mean, I'm sure the budget's fairly high for a TV show. But I'm guessing we won't be seeing quite as many big action set pieces or quite as many big flashy super heroics happening throughout most of the show. We might get that occasionally, but I'm guessing most of the focus is just going to be on Clark Gregg and his team. How long do you think it's going to be before there's an episode where there's like a power outage on the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier and no one can leave the room they're in just to save money so we can do a bigger <laughs> episode later? Yeah, they'll have to have some sort of bottle episode. Yeah, they get trapped in an elevator on uh, the helicarrier. Yeah, and they all resolve their, their unresolved issues with each other, and two people finally kiss, and uh, we'll have a flashback episode. When I first got here, Agent Coulson, you were very mean to me. There's a housefly that no one can seem to kill. <laughs> if only we had superpowers so we could kill this fly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the episode where Agent Coulson's mom visits, but he had sent her all these letters telling her that he was actually in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D., so Nick Fury has to pretend that he's in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it leads to a series of awkward misunderstandings, but in the end, she finds out the truth and says she loves him anyway. Where she already knew the whole time, and she just let him pretend that she didn't know. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be perfect. Hey, S.H.I.E.L.D. writers, we are available. <laughs> I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvedere. Come on. I feel like we're already hurting the show with our ideas in theory. <laughs> so uh, hopefully they don't accept any of these. Rod, you, you brought up something interesting earlier, and, and, and Bibbs, you touched on this a little bit when you brought up how they could maybe do some sort of allegory for, um, for Syria. Iron Man 3 turned what happened in the Avengers with the destruction of New York into this 9-11 style event yeah. where Tony Stark was just sort of trying to deal with the uh, the trauma after that happened. So it will be interesting to see if the show can bring in some of those real life 
parallels because a lot of people have argued that, you know, the superhero genre, this is now our modern day myth, our, our mythos. This is our mythology. Decades ago, they had biblical epics, and, and, and that was the big thing that everyone got excited about. Those were our archetypes. But now superheroes have, have taken over. So will Marvel be able to use that and just these archetypes and, and, and these large cultural myths to explore our real world? I think that's going to be really interesting. So is, is there anything else any of you would like to say about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before the pilot next week? I would say the only thing that worries me is the idea that there won't be any mutants in this universe. And mutants are so, like, key to S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comic books. And hopefully they can find some good workarounds with some of the other heroes or make up new heroes that kind of replace that idea. Yeah, I, I have high hopes. I hope it's going to be a really rewarding experience and a high-quality show all around. Um, but I think that'll wrap it up for this introductory episode to the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. We'd love to hear what you think of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We want to know what you're looking forward to, so we'd love to get some feedback. You can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com and uh, let us know what you think of the pilot once it airs. And if we get some good responses, who knows, maybe we'll discuss them on the show next week. If you like this introductory episode and you'd like to support the show, you can donate to us on the website at filmgeekradio.com. But even if you don't donate, you can still help us out a lot just by writing us a review on iTunes. That would be a huge help to us. Uh, just we'll just take two minutes, head on over to iTunes, find us, and, and write us a review. Unless you don't like the podcast, in, in which case, just don't do that. No, even if you don't like it, at least tweet about it. Like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Let's all listen! Yes, yes. <laughs> if, if, if you want to hate listen to us, that's fine. <laughs> if you don't like it, tweet to them. Tweet to the other guys if you don't like it. And, and as always, uh, you can find other great film and TV-themed podcasts at filmgeekradio.com, including Cinema Fix, The Thin Place, and The Nerdy Projectors. Bibbs, where can people find more of your work online? Okay, everyone can find my work at the film channel at craveonline.com. Uh, you can listen to me every week on the B-Movies podcast. You can listen to me every Friday morning on KFWB 980 AM in Los Angeles. And yeah, I hope you do that. Follow me on Twitter at William Bibiani. Agent Rod Morrow, where can people find more of you and your work? You can find me at the Blackout Tips podcast. Uh, it's on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, Podomatic. You can also find me at theblackouttips.com. Uh, make sure you check us out. Um, we appreciate everybody does. It's a comedy podcast we do five days a week where the model of the show is nothing's wrong if it's funny. We appreciate everybody that takes time out to listen. Thanks. And last but not least, Agent Gwen Reyes, where can people find you online? At realvixen.com or on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash realvixen. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at moviemezzanine.com and patheos.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. That'll wrap it up for this episode. We'll see you next time on the Shieldcast. And as always, agents assemble. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.